0: Hello, Two Forks Tower. This is Sissy Jones, voice of Delilah from Firewatch, and you are listening to the Xbox Expansion Pass. <laughs> Welcome, one, welcome all to episode 56 of the Xbox Expansion Pass, recorded on Sunday, November 1st, 2020. I am your host, Luke Lore, the Insipid Ghost. In this episode, we discuss Cyberpunk 2077 again being delayed, Halo Infinite has lost another lead, and Xbox prepares for the Series S and X launches with community events. Enjoy! Yet another week of gaming is upon us and behind us. Welcome to XEP, discussing all things in the gamerverse as they pertain to the Xbox ecosystem. And as I want to do each and every week, I want to thank someone who's made my gaming week better. And this week, I want to give a shout out to the Xbox Mom on Twitter, at Xbox Mom just a nice kind soul fun individual tweets out fun stuff gaming related and otherwise she was sick a few weeks ago so i was tweeting back and forth with her hoping her she feels better just a feel good person and that's exactly what you need right now is a feel good person so shout out to you Xbox mom i don't know if you listen to this show but you you're you're awesome There you go. And if you are enjoying this show, please feel free to go to iTunes and drop a review. Those things help content creators galore. Of course, you've already found the show, but you can find it on all podcast services from iTunes to Spotify. And please know that I appreciate you listening to this show and making XEP the joy that it is. Goodness gracious, ladies and gentlemen, we are in the home stretch. Less than two weeks to go at the time of this recording before Xbox Series S and X launch on November 10th, and just a few days later, the PlayStation 5 will make its debut as well. So much to celebrate, and overall, an air of optimism in the gaming space. Despite some frustrating news that came out in this past week, which we will talk about later in this episode, the gaming space seems to be offering a bit of respite and hope from the rest of the world. Of course, the The world's on fire right now. We are all frustrated with COVID difficulties. The election in the United States is certainly weighing on quite a few people, including myself, but uh, if you can tie the knot and hold on, you've got next-gen waiting for you. Lots of games coming out, lots of systems that are you know, being put on display by incredible content creators right now that got their systems early and are showcasing just what's in those boxes. And I am there for it. I am enjoying that aspect of it. Uh, I muted a few keywords on Twitter to save me from the real world just a bit. And uh, I'm doing my best to celebrate and enjoy gaming. And I can't tell you how cool it is to... Look at that air of optimism and think about what it is we're going to be doing on launch day. Lots of you guys writing in, asking me, you know, what it's going to be that I play on day one, what I'm looking forward to most about those launch days, what game it's going to be, and man, oh man, I... I think I think really what I'm going to do is do the whole setup. We got to make sure the room is clean, vacuum everything, all the statues need to look perfect before I can begin my next-gen experience. I'm going to hook everything up, make sure it's all in the right place, the lighting's good. I know that's such a silly thing, but I want my room looking pristine in the welcoming of this box. I know I'm going to download all the stuff that I'm playing right now, whether it's Watch Dogs, Legion, Sea of Thieves, uh, even Marvel's Avengers. I'm so anxious to check out the load times there. And uh, that's the thing, man. I I don't know what it's going to be on day one. I mean, will it be Valhalla? Of course, I'm playing Watch Dogs right now and having an absolute blast with that one. Uh, I it'll probably be Sea of Thieves. I'm it's my live service game of choice right now. We're in the middle of the spooky update, which is a, a good old time and experiencing those SSD load times are something that I'm looking f- forward to greatly with the Xbox Series X. Uh, Of course, Gears Tactics will be launching, and I've not played that. I'm anxious to try Gears 5, though I might hold on. Uh, Rather than do Day 1, I might hold on until the campaign DLC comes out it doesn't matter right now. I'm excited for these new boxes. I'm loving seeing the hands on that various people are putting out. Lots of people are getting their Dual Sense fives, dual dual senses, dual senses. That's the right word. Their PlayStation Five controllers are coming in the mail early, uh, and doing various unboxings for those. And in, in 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 all. In the gaming space, I think there's a lot to celebrate. I mean, there are a few red flags that are popping up here and there, but I think that's par for the course for a gaming space that's as well-connected as we are now, when you can just pop open your phone and see the latest info right away. And uh, perhaps that's a commentary on on the greater world beyond just gaming. But I'm very excited for Next Gen and looking forward to the continued coverage that we're getting uh, and I think it will be Sea of Thieves is the first game that I pop open. It's I'm just it's the load times, man. Those things are just incredible. No matter what system you're getting, the load times uh, look near non-existent, and that is to me the most exciting aspect. You know, you think a lot about what these systems offer. And that's it. Uh, I, I am all in on that. And Microsoft, for their part, is, is doing what they can to help everybody with launch day celebrations. Now, of course, Xbox Fan Fest attempted to do the trivia night. We talked about that last week, and it was, uh, if we're being fair, it, w- it was a disaster. It did not work well. Of course, credit to Ethan and Malik for hosting through that. The technical team did their best to work on it and, uh, try, and try and fix the issues in the moment. It didn't quite work out. Uh, but they did make good on their promise to send out 5,000 reward points to gamers that were registered and, and there and present uh, in that chat. Of course, that's equivalent to about 5 bucks in reward points, so I got that. And they sent me a $10 off coupon for a razor kishi now i already have one and so if you're an xcp listener and you would like it email it to me first come first serve uh email me that you would like it insipid at gmail.com and i will send you that coupon does not bother me at all i have a razor kishi already so i am not in need and i can tell you it is a fantastic device for uh cloud-based gaming i'm i'm loving playing it on my pixel 3 even so that that's a good time Uh, I talk about FanFest, and I bring that up specifically because Microsoft is hosting a launch event on November 10th starting at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. Uh, They're going to show off various things on their Twitch channel, their YouTube, their Facebook gaming channels, and it's intended to be... Uh, A celebrate a day of play, that kind of thing. Uh, Charity drives and global launch highlights, but not a a place for new announcements or showcasing new games. The attempt, it sounds like, based on the Phil Spencer quote that I'm about to read to you, it sounds to me like they are just trying to celebrate games and not let it be a big PR spin. In light of the technical difficulties we've seen them have uh, with their live events this year, I think that's probably a wise choice. I recognize the need to be live and spotlight creators. That's a good thing. Pre-recorded content. I'm hoping we see a bit of that here and there. Just a hey, happy launch day, that kind of thing. So nobody's worried about connections or load times or following along, but. It sounds to me like the event they're planning to have is one where you get home from work or school or wherever it is you, you uh, do your during your day or, you know, get off from work, whatever it might be. And then you turn on Twitch, YouTube, pop open your box, unbox it, start playing your games and you look at everybody else just enjoying and trying out the Xbox Series S and X's. And I'm there for it. And the coolest part is, if you don't have a Series SRX on launch day, you can still participate. These are, you know, play, these are Let's Plays. These are people jumping in and streaming and playing together. I like that. The quote from Phil Spencer, of course, says, This will be a moment of play, not press releases, as next-generation gen- consoles begin to land in the hands of players around the world. Instead of making big announcements, we will mark the beginning of a new era by gaming alongside one another. We will take this moment to have some fun and look forward to having you joining us. End quote. To me, that's a great thats a great uh, make good on the idea that we want to celebrate gaming. We want to have a good time and be positive with it. And I would expect launch day hiccups uh, when it comes to new boxes, and we'll see how they handle that. But I'm looking forward to this, and I hope that FanFest continues to make a, a prevalent return. I will tease for you that—well, I can't tease it for you, but Phil Spencer teased the idea that when the FanFest trivia game went down, he discussed— you know, maybe they need to do something better with trivia through one of their uh, older IPs. And I'm not sure he used the word IP, but older games. And it, it alluded to the idea that 1 versus 100 might make a comeback. And people took that story and ran with it. And I have no idea whether they're you know reading tea leaves, trying to read between lines that are non-existent, uh, or if indeed 1 versus 100 will make a comeback. But I can tell you very comfortably That is a a fan favorite. People enjoy that, and it's a great way to bring the community together. I am not the first person, nor will I be the last, that has called for a 1 vs. 100 return because that game was so beloved. At one point, you could win Microsoft points or maybe whatever their equivalent was at the time, or real money. It was a blast, and I absolutely loved 1 vs. 100. So whether they they make that return or something akin to it, I would love to see the idea of trivia and hanging out digitally with my gaming friends uh, in that in that context, I would love to see that make a return. Uh, Who knows? Maybe we'll get one. Now, launch day for the series S and X will bring plenty of excitement. However, notably absent from that will be Cyberpunk 2077. News breaking, of course, this past week that the game has been delayed yet again. This time, the delay will be three weeks long, 21 days in total, with a new release date of December 10th, 2020. Several reasons for this were cited by CDPR, but what's notable about this delay is that it occurred after the game had gone gold. The term going gold, of course, means that the game is complete enough to be printed onto a disc and shipped out to retail stores. Mind you, that means a bit less in an era where day one patches and live service updates uh, occur regularly. That said, for CDPR to delay it this late in the game is concerning to say the least, and they cited the reason as launching on so many platforms. In a statement that Adam Badowski, one of the co-founders of CDPR, made, he said, "...the biggest challenge for us right now is shipping the game on current-gen, next-gen, and PC at the same time, which requires us to prepare and test nine versions of it." Those versions, of course, uh, include the Xbox One Family of Devices 1SX, PlayStation 4 Family of Devices uh, PS4 and PS4 Pro, the PlayStation 5, Xbox Series S and X, PC, and Stadia. All of those games being slated for release on December 10th, and many people perhaps frustrated by this. And you have to be concerned a little bit in that the statements uh, imply, and further statements imply, I should say, that it is the current gen, that is to say the Xbox One and PlayStation 4 versions, Xbox One and PlayStation 4 versions, are holding back some of the polish that they were looking forward to. Now, why is that especially concerning? Because at present, the next-gen patches are not ready. You're not going to be seeing, when you boot up your Xbox Series X and you play Cyberpunk 2077, you're not seeing the next-gen version of it. You're seeing the forward-compatible on-hardware-level improvements, not the patch that they're releasing to uh, perhaps amplify and and it be the next-gen version of the game. A bit of the muddied water that comes with forward and backward compatibility in this current-gen. Now, In this concept, the reason I'm especially concerned here is that for the five plus years they've been developing the game... I'm curious what system they thought they were preparing it for, Xbox One, PS4, uh, or next-gen, and if so, why is one holding back the other? And it's just interesting for me to see. I am by no means a developer, nor do I have the technical knowledge to offer more insightful commentary than that. I am curious to see how this rolls out. CDPR has not let down in recent years, so there's no reason to question the quality of the game, Uh, but I am just curious to see how it goes. Of course, there is a surrounding conversation regarding crunch. Jason Schreier reporting quite a bit that the studio is still crunching with some uh, employees over 100 hours during their work week, and of course, we discussed a few weeks ago that that is not a one-to-one comparison to any other job, jobs that do require more or less hours, and in the world of artistry, that might carry a different amount of weight as artists want to push to have the best of their art on display, and I respect that as well. That is a layered conversation and not necessarily one I want to get into right now, but it is interesting to see Cyberpunk moving only three weeks, and it moves them out of contention for a number of game of the year conversations for this year, bumping them into next year. Jeff Keighley, of course, saying that he would be uh, considering uh, Cyberpunk 2077 in next year's game awards, and I'm sure other stu- other outlets are having to consider the same because it's a long game and how do you prepare your time uh, accordingly and play it with a, a, f- a fresh and optimistic and, and capable objective perspective versus other games that came out early this year like Ghost of Tsushima or In the Will of the Wisps, etc., I am, there's a lot of layered things here, and I'm curious just if it matters in the long run. You know, three months from now, do we care that it got delayed? Will it bother us? Is there going to be a problem at launch? Plenty remains to be seen. But uh, it's brought up this conversation overall of delayed games in general and whether or not games are announced too soon of course halo infinite is the most i would argue famous xbox game being delayed at present far cry 6 was just announced to be delayed uh, anthem 2.0 has been pushed further back and goodness delays happen all the time i think of some of the best games of this generation and delays occur occur you know a- almost reliably uh, that said maybe we should stop announcing games so soon and maybe we should, as gamers, stop putting our faith in the AAA space of you know, honoring a release date. You know, People were discussing taking off work for release dates, the muddled messaging of going gold. What does that mean any longer? Uh, that is a, another layered conversation, not one that I think I'm prepared to have at this time. Uh, given the, the context surrounding this, I want to know more. But when I think of delayed games and what that means to gamers, I, I'm of two minds. On the one hand, I love it because I want the developer to have as much time as they need, and I stand by that. I'm not a big fan of the idea of crunching, and I'm not a big fan of the idea of them rushing to get a game out to honor a quarterly you know, spreadsheet of profits and net income. That said, I recognize there are realities within that, and those are beyond my knowledge, but I am working myself to stop being so hyped up for the launch day of something. Yep, yep. 10 minutes ago, I talked about how excited I am for the Xbox Series X and S X launch, so uh, hmm, maybe I'm full of it, you never know. Nonetheless, three weeks li- uh, later than you planned for Cyberpunk 2077, longer than you planned for Far Cry 6, and we'll see for many of the other games in our future, including Halo Infinite. <laughs> And with Halo Infinite on our minds, we look to a frustrating report this past week from Jason Trier over at Bloomberg that yet another Halo Infinite lead has departed the project. Chris Lee, studio head for 343, resigned from his position, saying, quote, I have stepped back from Infinite and I am looking at future opportunities. I believe in the team and I am confident they will deliver a great game and now is a good time for me to step away, end quote. That statement was emailed over to Bloomberg. Now, Lee is still working at Microsoft, but not specifically on Halo Infinite. And this is frustrating, I think, for fans to hear, given that the original creative director, Tim Longo, left in 2019 with Lee producer Mary Olson leaving a short time after that. Recently, good news came in the way of Jason Staten returning to the Halo projects uh, to head up the single-player campaign. And Pierre Hintz was also brought on to help with the game's multiplayer this is one of those complex situations where you have to consistently keep asking yourself is halo infinite in trouble Uh, when will it launch what's going on with it i think it's fair to say at this point the game is absolutely in trouble on some level with so many creative leads leaving and being and others being brought in, that means that whatever vision people had is not being executed upon in a full effect. Are you going to have the Neil Druckmann to Amy Hennig, you know, quality of Uncharted: Last of Us? Or are you going to have the Joss Whedon to Zack Snyder's Justice League? Is it going to be a disaster or not a patchwork uh, piece of a game? I'm unsure. And then lots of questions being asked. You know, when will Halo Infinite launch? The, right now, the tentative release date is sometime in 2021, which is nebulous and uh, begs the question, you know, what's going to go on? However, other people are reporting that the game is far closer to being finished than you might expect. And it's a matter of mechanics and polish to help avoid those kind of gif moments that we had from the, the demo back in June and July, where you had pop in here and there. I don't know the true answer to this, but I will tell you that I think it's very obvious that Microsoft has an optics problem with Halo Infinite, not just because they expected this to be a launch title for the Xbox Series S and X, and the marketing is everywhere and the game is nowhere, but every time a lead is leaving over in Microsoft, it seems to be making headlines and people are taking note of it. Everwild, over on the Rare side, lost a creative director in Simon Woodruff, who resigned from his position at Rare, and that was confirmed by Craig Duncan. This adds to that same optics problem. You know, is Microsoft in trouble? Have they still missed the mark on figuring out how to run first-party studios? And whether or not that's a real question that needs being asked or that's internet hyperbole, what can't be dismissed is that creative leads are leaving major projects. And there is a reason for that. I look forward greatly to finding out more about that and hearing more commentary on it from informed sources, because it could simply be that making art is difficult, and it could simply be that life situations are occurring well beyond our privy of information. It could also be, very simply, that the game is not going well and there is meddling and interruption from too many sides. When you have a, a franchise as big as Halo that is said to be existing in in TV shows and in film. It exists in books in comics. It's meant to be a launch title. It's meant to be uh, something that is larger than just a video game. There are a lot of boxes that you need to tick along the way, a lot of boardrooms and committees that it has to go through, and just how it does that, uh, how streamlined that process is, can mean a lot and say a lot about the validity of the vision that people have for it. And I'm especially interested to find out just what Joseph Staten is doing there, since he's come on. Is he helping refine the campaign mechanics and experience so that the game feels better? Or are we talking about full rewrites for the second or third time? I very much think that you will see Halo Infinite in 2021. I do not necessarily at this time, and I go back and forth on this, want to see a fractured launch with multiplayer on some respects, and then later on you get a campaign or vice versa. We truly don't know what the gameplay of this is meant to be. Wide linear levels? Breath of the Wild style open world? Are you meant to be clearing the banished off an open world map? You know, what? what is it that makes Halo Infinite special in this live service but not heavily microtransacted experience? Uh, There's a lot to to wonder there, and I'm curious to find out what we'll see, what that game will be, and whether or not there's a leadership issue over in Microsoft. Let me know what you think, insipidghost at gmail.com, or DM me, tweet me at insipidghost on Twitter. Halo Infinite's delay means the game won't make the launch of the Xbox Series S and X, and despite the frustrations that come with that, Microsoft seems overall pleased with the Xbox division. The company of Microsoft reporting revenue of $37.2 billion and a net income of $13.9 billion for the first quarter of 2021, and revenue was up 12% and the net income increased by 30%. I bring this up to you specifically to let you know that if you're investing into the Xbox ecosystem now via a box device or services like Game Pass or xCloud, it seems that Microsoft is in it for the long haul. Because for all their frustrations that may have come in the Xbox One generation, they are making money hand over fist. Of course, I remind you that they posted 15 million Xbox Game Pass subscribers and now that brings in the, to the ecosystem xCloud as well. And that has to spell positivity for those who are invested into those ecosystems in that Microsoft is going nowhere. Now, they were a bit bullish on the demand for the Xbox Series S and X launches, with CFO Amy Hood in a conference call to investors saying, quote, We expect very strong demand following the launch of our next generation Xbox Series X and S consoles. This demand should drive supply-constrained hardware revenue growth by approximately 40% next quarter, end quote. That is exciting, I think, really not because anybody really cares about all these numbers, and and those are fanboy arguments or things that we don't need to be uh, invested in on this show. What you can do is look to these numbers as reassurance that if you are a multi-console gamer and the Xbox is among those family of of devices that you're picking up, or if you're invested in PC and you have Game Pass, or if you simply are an Xbox-only gamer, your experiences with that ecosystem will remain. I would always advocate you play the absolute best games where you most enjoy them with the people that you enjoy. And if that's an Xbox, awesome. If it's in PlayStation, awesome. Nintendo, awesome. But you're listening to this show, and my, my hunch is that you have some level of interest in the Xbox brands, and it seems that they are going nowhere. Before we get to listener mail this week, I do want to let you know that I've been playing Watch Dogs Legion. Ubisoft provided me with a code, however, I didn't get to it until just before launch day. So I've not played enough of it to give you final impressions or a review just yet. But I will tell you, very early on, I'm very much enjoying my time with Watch Dogs Legion. It feels very much like a 2014 game with a 2020 look to it. It's beautiful and it's fun, but there's some simplicity in the design. Uh, You'll see characters come out of buildings that you can't go into. You'll be able to hack some things, not others, on occasion— Uh, You'll see graphical hitches and it's clear that this this game is really meant to be a a next-gen showcase and I can't wait to see the ray tracing elements that come with the Xbox Series S and X. That said, without a doubt, I'm having a blast with it. The shooting is, is fun. It's really cool to have a, a, a system in, very similar to the Nemesis system or if you've played State of Decay where you occupy a, a character, you make that story your own, you go out and you do missions. If you lose that character, they can be hospitalized or if you have permadeath on, they die and you just take over another character within that world. There's a lot that's gained in the experience by that. There's also a lot lost because there's no central protagonist. The the AI that you work with could be probably the closest thing you think of as a main character that is, is with you the entire time. I'm very much enjoying my time with it. The mechanics all feel good. It's overall a, a, clearly a great game. And a lot of outlets are giving it kind of in the 8 range, you know, between 8 out of 10 kind of thing, 4 out of 5, that, that such. I would argue that that... I feel accurate early on. I feel like that seems to be be logical, but it would be on the lower end of that that experience. It doesn't feel overly refined and polished, but I'm playing it enough to where I'm thinking, man, I can't wait till the DLC comes out with Aiden Pierce and and a full main character. I'm liking this experience right now. I encourage you, if you are... If you are interested but you're not sold on it just yet based on my early impressions, um, wait till Black Friday. Ubisoft games typically go on sale pretty early. Uh, Maybe wait for that, but if you're interested and you don't think you can wait, I don't think you'll be disappointed with your experience. I'll have a more fleshed out and thorough review for you next week. Listener mail this week brings several familiar faces and a couple new. Let's start with somebody new. Megan Green at Super Troid over on Twitter was kind enough to write in and she says, For new Xbox owners, would it benefit them to get Game Pass to catch up on series that they may have missed in the past? What major titles would you recommend? Oh, goodness gracious, that is a fantastic question, Megan. Without a doubt, any Xbox owner at this point should have Game Pass. Uh, That should be something that you mentally include in the cost of the system. You should be investing into it. I know Black Friday will bring a a number of sales where you guys can stack your Game Pass. I think Best Buy is doing one where it's like three months for $22, which is great. Uh, Save you a couple hundred bucks if you stack it here and there. I would recommend to any Xbox gamer... Yes, you do need Game Pass. And as far as uh, missing out on, on previous series titles, of course, you've got the entire Gears collection. Every Halo game, every Halo Wars game is in there. The Crackdowns are there. You've got, goodness, Doom Doom 2016 and Doom Eternal are in there. They're working on bringing over the entire ZeniMax portfolio so you can have all the Dishonors that are there. Uh, I, I can't say enough for Game Pass. Witcher 3 is currently at present there. And really, it's not just the big titles. It is the smaller titles, the indie titles that are there. I have lots of games that I'm really enjoying right now from Game Pass, one of them being Minecraft Dungeons. That is a game that had an, a simple launch, I think is a fair play, to, fair way to say that. And they've been adding content constantly. I love that game. Uh, I love the live service models of State of Decay and Sea of Thieves. Sea of Thieves is my go-to game at the moment. Uh, best played with friends. State of Decay, I prefer sim- single player. Uh, let's see, all the Gears games I mentioned. Man, uh, I can't recommend enough Game Pass. It's simply the best value in gaming. Game Pass Ultimate has served me so well, and I plan on, I have it through 2023, and I plan on stacking it just a bit more, so yes, Megan, uh, your question is almost too big to answer, I will tell you, if you want some kid games, you got new Super Lucky's Tale, uh, if you want some more hardcore games, some of the titles I've listed previously, but uh, I would I would offer anybody that's listening to the show, tweet at Super SuperMegTroid, And let Megan know what games you think she should be playing in Game Pass and help her find some of the best experiences if she chooses to invest. Famous Seamus, the most famous Seamus, wrote in with a couple questions, as he always does. And Famous Seamus, I look forward to your questions each and every week. Your first question was, last uh, last spooky question for October, because you know you are late. What is the scariest moment in a non-horror game that you have experienced? That's a great question, and when I think about that, I easily jump to, in Arkham Knight, there is a moment where you're hunting down Man Bat, and as you seek to go up to the top of a building, he will leap out at you, you have no idea it's coming, that's not a game where jump scares are common, and I've absolutely fell out of my chair the first time and lost it, and on each subsequent playthrough, I am so invested in the world that I forget as well, so that jump scare in Arkham Knight gets me every single time. Your second question, now that we're less than two weeks away from the Xbox Series S and X uh, launch, what will the first game that you try out be? And I think the answer will likely be Sea of Thieves if I'm with my buddies. And if I'm solo, I'm probably going to boot up Avengers because that game has seriously got issues. But I uh, part of the problem with it overall is the load times just hold me back. So that's the one I'm looking forward to most there. Todd Oxtra wants to know, what game will be the first game to get a custom Series X console? Man, I think Halo Infinite is it. I think given this delay and the frustration that's coming, if they can, if it's coming in late 2021, it'll be Halo Infinite. I could see a world where Hellblade 2 also has one there, and those are the two that I think need to be it. Hellblade 2 is a showcase piece, and they want to make that a pillar brand for Xbox going forward so they can back off of Halo and Sea of Thieves and uh, Gears of War, they need to step away from that, and Forza, and Hellblade 2 is a perfect place to do that, any of the Zenimax titles that, that are coming out, perhaps Starfield, <laughs> that game's never coming out, um, perhaps some of the other titles there, I would say right now I think Halo Infinite's a shoe-in if it's late 2021, unless the game is sooner, and if not, you're seeing Hellblade 2. Antonio Guillen, the hypecaster, writing in with the final question for this week, he says, We assume the price of Game Pass will rise at some point. In your opinion, what's the max they should go? What's the max price of Game Pass Ultimate can be before it's not the best value in gaming next year, considering the Bethesda acquisition and all the studios we expect to see games from? Hi, Castro. that's a great question. As far as how high they should go, they are at the max they should go. I don't think they will stop here at $15, but I think $15 should be max it doesn't matter what services they add in they acquired Zenimax they're adding adding in EA access Uh, doesn't matter 15 bucks is is a great price point for the amount of value you get and no added value will make me want to pay more I feel it's fully fulfilled right now and I'm not saying that as a a jaded or pro-consumer but I think there's something different about 20 bucks a month that to me feels high in the gaming space at the moment Maybe when boxes are gone and you're entirely cloud-based and you're not worried about uh, owning a console, but when I think about owning that $500 box, the additive thought process of a $20 a month subscription feels egregious. It's not much different at 15 in the short term, but it feels different, and that's a big thing. Netflix recently announced that they're raising their prices for their maximum level subscription up to $18, and I'm like, yo, I think I'm out. I think I'm done with Netflix, and that sucks because The Witcher's on there, but they're losing stuff that I like. I'm watching it less and less, and the prices of all the subscription services are adding up. In all likelihood, you'll see competitive services pop up from other video game spaces, and I don't just mean PlayStation. Nintendo has been experimenting with cloud-based services. They've got control running on the Switch right now via the cloud. There's a lot of ideas about uh, how Stadia and Luna are going to work, and will PlayStation partner with either of them. I I don't want to see them go above 20 ever, but 15 is the max they should go. They can't add any. They could add all the Ubisoft titles, and I still would feel like it's too much at that point. There's something about the feeling of a recurring payment about that amount versus me buying a game, and I can't tangibly put hands on it because I believe in the subscription and cloud-based models more than anything. I'm all digital as it is. Uh, that said, it just feels different. So I do not think they should go above twenty dollars, and realistically, I don't think they can. And I think they need to stay at fifteen, all things considered. So, take that how you will, Uh, and of course, any and all people can let me know by writing in at InsipidGhost on Twitter or InsipidGhost at gmail.com. That's going to be it. I know a few of you were asking just what my conversation with Jeff Keighley was like last week. It was part of a fan event that I can go to now every Sunday where uh, about 400 of us join in on a Zoom call. It's really cool. We go in on a Zoom call and then they pick 50 of us to talk and be on the panel. And we get to ask Jeff Keeley and his guests different questions. And it, it was an absolute blast last week. I was so excited when I recorded. I, I had no idea what to expect. I honestly couldn't remember if I'd applied on like a media level or on a fan level and like what, what do I even exist as in the world of content creation with the podcast I, I don't know um, but it was so much fun Donald Mustard was the guest last week so if you're familiar with Fortnite he's the guy that runs and makes and works on Fortnite and he talked all about bringing you know Batman and Marvel and Star Wars all under the same roof and the ongoing story that lacks the protagonist but the island is the protagonist he talked all about all uh, that kind of stuff we got to hear insights from Jeff and this call is, is something that you guys can apply for if you if you look on the game Awards Twitter handle you can scroll and I'm sure you can find you know hey you want to be part of that and you can apply for it it's just a it sounded like I got in luck of the draw you guys could probably get in that same way I had a blast and I'm looking forward to today's I don't know who the guest is gonna be I'm hoping to get to talk and ask some questions we'll see but uh, man it's such a when the world is on fire right now, and by the time you're hearing this, the United States will have gone through, most likely have gone through the election process and be dealing with the ramifications on any level for that. I know my heart is, is weighing heavy with the weight of the world right now, and it's been tough. It's a rough year, and, and people didn't follow shelter-in-place properly the first time, and so it looks like a lot of other places are going into lockdown again. And it's it's frustrating, guys, but I would encourage you to constantly... Uh, Listen to people who are smarter than you and more capable. Wash your hands and all that jazz, whatever you will. But uh, really, find solace in gaming and be kind to the people that support your day and your life in gaming. Uh, Developers, friends, content creators, let them know. Reach out to them. It's important, particularly in a time where negativity is is so prevalent on any screen you go to. Gaming gives us a respite for that. So, however your week has gone, however you may feel... I hope that you enjoyed the show. Hope that you're willing to go check it out uh, and rate it on iTunes and share it with other people. And I hope that you are doing well. Take care, guys.